0: And Welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode we have supervising sound editor Wade Barnett who is a 2020 Emmy nominee for his brilliant work on the Amazon hit series The Boys. For those of you that haven't caught The Boys yet, the series comes from Supernatural and Timeless creator Eric Kripke alongside Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and it examines what happens when superheroes who are as popular as celebrities, as influential as politicians and as revered as gods abuse their superpowers rather than using them for good this leads to a small band calling themselves the boys led by carl urban's billy butcher to try and expose the truth about the world's most popular superhero team the seven along with vort the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that manages these so-called heroes and covers up their dirty secrets in the interview wade discusses coming up with the sounds for the superpower people on the show and goes into detail about that iconic episode one scene which features features. features Huey and his girlfriend Robin and A-Train. If you've seen the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. We also discuss how sound can help enhance and in some cases even reduce the workload for the special effects people. He also talks about working with actors in ADR, that's the dialogue replacement stuff, and the complexities of building the sound for the plane scene which featured Homelander and Queen Maeve on a plane which was falling apart. If you'd like to hear more behind the scenes interviews, don't forget you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio This also gives you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast which brings you all the latest TV, film and gaming news You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US premiere dates Here's the interview with Wade Barnett
1: It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze
0: Thank you for coming on and having a chat with me. You're nominated for Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama. Is this your first Emmy nomination as well? It is, yeah. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. And it was for the first episode as well, wasn't it, of the first season?
1: That's correct, yeah. Very first episode of the whole series. I
0: thought the show was fantastic. I'm a huge, huge fan of the boys. I love the comic book as well. And then when I found out they were going to make a TV series and you were going to have Eric Kripke running it, Best news ever. And it was just phenomenal that first season. Before we get into talking in specifics about the boys, a bit of background about you. First of all, do you want to just explain for people who haven't listened to this before what supervising sound editor does?
1: Sure. Yeah. Basically, you know, I kind of supervise the whole sound editorial team as a whole. And that process starts at the beginning of any show, any episode or or a film, if it were to be that, Um, meeting with the showrunner, the producers or the director, whoever it may be, who's in charge with the, you know, the vision of the way that they want the show to sound. So I meet with them. In this case, it was the showrunner, Eric Kripke. And, you know, I meet with him and we watch the show and um, he tells me bits of sound design that he might want or ideas that he might have or, you know, things that he wants to play with or certain lines of ADR that we might need or any sort of things that that he needs us to know for sound editing Um, and also mix notes, things of that nature. And then after that spotting session, I go and I work with sound effects editors, sound designers, dialogue editors. Um, I work with the Foley team who records all the props and footsteps and that kind of thing. I work with the loop group who does all the background voices um, and supervise that recording session. I supervise all the ADR recording sessions, which is, you know, dialogue replacement and ad lines and Voiceover and things of that nature. And then, when all that's um, edited and recorded, we put it all together, go through it with the editors. And then, once it's ready, I take it to the mix stage and um, work with the mixers on getting it the way that the showrunner wants it to sound. Cool. So, how
0: did you personally get into the industry in the first place?
1: Well, I was always in bands playing music growing up. So, I was always a lover of sound and, and film and, and television. So, I studied that in school, started broadcast production in school, and then I moved to LA and um, you went even further with it. I studied I did a year-long technical audio engineering program, which was just sound, working on consoles and working, you know, learning signal flow and sound editing and that kind of thing. And then straight out of there, I I started to do internships, got sound design internships, and um, finally got a job as a a paying job as a runner at a post-production, sound post-production facility that had three mix stage and an ADR stage. And after a year of running and getting people's lunch, I got moved up to an ADR recordist. And I was an ADR recordist for numbers of years. And then, while I an ADR recordist, sound supervisors, would I would be asking them constantly about giving me editing gigs on the side, you know, and then so I would get little sound effects editing jobs or maybe adding some dialogue here. And then after doing that for a few years, I finally got to start sound supervising lower budget stuff, little indie films to start off. And, and it just kind of went from there, you know.
0: Cool. Then you end up working on The Boys and you worked on other shows like, you know, SWAT, which you're currently working on and Timeless, you did some work on the Scream and Mozart in the Jungle, I noticed you work on as well. This is, I guess, quite different to those sort of shows, particularly when you're dealing with superheroes, because you really are creating sound out of absolutely nothing for something like this.
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a a sound editor's dream to work on a show like this, you know? You get to be super creative. And working with Eric Kripke was awesome. You know, he's a showrunner that really cares about sound and he gives us the time that we need to, to work on it. And he was, we already started talking about ideas before we even got the first turnover when we were just working off of drawings and stuff like that so to have an environment to work like that you know as a sound editor is, is just one in a million you know it's like the it's the gig that you really dream about having which is awesome
0: what are the things of course with a show like this compared to other superhero shows that are out there like a lot of the Arrowverse stuff that's on the CW and that sort of thing this is going out on Amazon which loses all those restrictions that you get with the normal broadcast TV so from a sound point of view, does that alter what you can do?
1: Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it does. I mean, like you said, you know, the, there's really aren't any boundaries, you know what I mean? So with this show in particular, because it has a bit of a dark side and there's a lot of gore, with the gore, if you get some of that stuff bounced back from a network or, you know, something as being too over the top, it's a real bummer. And that doesn't happen with Amazon because we, you know, we're actually told to push the boundaries as much as we can to make it sound the way that it needs to. And with a show like The Boys, that kind of thing is really... important (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean it's a dark show i mean the the superheroes are villainous so yeah having that freedom is it's invaluable when it comes
0: to designing sounds for this with a show like swat which is the other thing you work on you're designing real world sounds whereas with this you are having to design things for superheroes so whether it's laser eyes or takeoffs or landings or or flying or whatever it is how do you approach coming up with those sort of different sounds
1: it all starts with talking with eric about what he kind of wants you know because these types of sounds are are really subjective. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? In his, his main drive for the way that he likes things, generally speaking, obviously, you know, it varies based on the character is he wants it to sound organic and real versus for lack of a better term, like transformery or, you know, mechanical or electric or non-organic, let's put it that way. Mm. So that was kind of the a note that we kept getting a lot of, but you know, the, the whole process just started with, like I said, with meeting with Eric and we would just do rounds of sound design reviews. Before we started the show, we, with the main superheroes, we did a few rounds. And then when we got into certain episodes and new people would start to pop up, our general workflow would, you know, we, he would give us notes To start, and then we would do three rounds of three different, totally different ideas, and then we would show them to him, and um, he would say, "I like a little bit of A, some of B, C's terrible, get rid of that one," you know. Or sometimes he would say, "I think we need to go in a totally new direction, or take this part of A and mix it with B and add some low end," you know what I mean? And so we just—it was really just a process of trying new things and seeing what worked. Sometimes we would try things that he didn't really ask for, but we thought it was cool, and he liked liked it you know what I mean yeah it's just a trial and error process you know take
0: a specific scene out of the first episode there is quite a sort of iconic bit in that opening episode which is Robin and Chewie talking Robin getting run into by A-Train which is full-on one of the moments where you see exactly what this show is I think Uh, you know can you sort of talk us through that as an example of where you came up with the sound for that
1: yeah it starts with the sound of A-Train coming in you know what I mean which is just jolting and It's layered with a lot of different sounds. Um, And I worked with our sound designer, David Barbie, you know, he and I work really closely with coming up with those sounds and and getting them to be right. A-Train Sounds has some literal sounds of trains slowed down or sped up and horns. And then it gets into the impacts, which there's the initial impact. And then, you know, it's a very slow-mo moment. So we basically wanted it to feel like all of the sound had been sucked out of the, the atmosphere, right? So there's the swirling and... Bits of blood hitting his cheek and um, just a swirling atmosphere. And basically, like time has stopped for him, you know, in that moment. And then as it comes out, there's like this huge suck out. And then you get into the body liquefying sounds, which, you know, we went through God, that visual effects shot changed a, a number of times. The sounds, I think we probably changed the mix on that six or seven different times. Wow. Based on based on the visual effects, you know, at, at certain points, there was a lot it was a lot more Chunky. <laughs> there were different speeds that they were playing with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it turned out really cool. And like sometimes the lack of sound is a, a bit more dramatic in certain moments like that, you know, than over the top. Yeah. You, over the hands, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the lack of sound in that slow-mo kind of really gets you to lean in a little bit, you know. And then when you just snap out of it, that's where you get hit, you know, with the gore.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, is there any particular scenes that were very challenging doing this scene?
1: Yeah, there were a number of scenes that were very challenging. I mean, one, one scene that comes to mind is the scene, I think it was episode four, but I, I just finished season two. So it's a little hard to think back. But it was in the, it was in the airplane with uh, Homelander and Maeve. Up in that airplane, you know, part of the plane is damaged and there's wind coming in. They blast the pilot. He lasers him in half. Yes. Uh, and it, cause, it causes all the, the wind to get in the plane. So the, when they shot that to get the visual right, they had to have a ton of wind machines to blow be blowing their hair around and blowing all the debris around in the air to get it to look right visually. So that caused all the production dialogue to be useless. Right. We had to ADR that whole scene. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion, you know, they're screaming at one another and there's people on the airplane crying for help and Homelander's like, all these for you! You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, so bringing back that emotion and that those performances on the ADR stage was um, was a lot to do. And luckily the actors you know really brought it in the air. That actors on the show are really great with ADR, yeah. but then we had to build all of that atmosphere from the ground up, you know, and a lot of scenes with really serious wind and stuff like that, you get a lot of good production sound, but we b- had to build all of those elements and make it all the ADR sit in. So that was, that was something that was really challenging, but also really fun, you know, designing all those ronks and the plane bending metal and all that stuff, you know, and then the, and the loop group too, having all those people, you know, on the day on the set, you know, those people that you see on camera are all just quiet so that they can try and get the real actors' dialogue clean. So the loop group was awesome making the crowd sound really scared. Um, <laughs> building that whole scene was just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, great scene as well. And do you have a particular favorite scene of the show?
1: Soundwise, I really like in the final episode. Well, it starts off, you know, with Homelander lasering all the guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in uh, the building and the music is just awesome in, the, in that scene. And then that episode ends with the big fight with starlight and a train which was really cool for us because we had been spending the whole season designing starlight's blasts and how she charges up and you know builds her emotion and sucks in her energy and then we got to use her sounds and a trains sounds in like a fight scene together which was kind of like our culmination of building up all of those things and you know building up all our template and it was like we got to kind of show all our tricks in that scene so that was really cool and it was in the last episode so that was a
0: fun yeah it's interesting what you sort of touch on there how much the sound adds almost to the visual effects as well you know you're working obviously with the effects people are there points where you can sort of get away with the sound to sort of take some of the work off the effects
1: maybe i just wondered sometimes it's not super common but you do sometimes have a situation where the shot just isn't quite looking the way that the, they want it to yeah where you have a producer's like, you know, okay, we're really going to need your help on this one. You know what I mean? To like help the sound tell whatever story they're trying to say in the shot. Yeah. Because like, visual effects is a very time consuming and very hard. I mean, I, I really sympathize with visual effects editors because just the sheer amount of time that they spend on one shot is yeah so insane when you hear the stories about it, you know, and it's like when you're coming down on a deadline, especially on television, you know, it's not like this in film, but these guys are working on shots for months.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
1: Know? And that line's approaching and it's like, all right, well, how are we going to, you know, most of the time it turns out great, but if, if it doesn't, then, you know, sound can really help tell the story for sure.
0: Yeah. I speak to quite a lot of people that deal with sound and the stories they come out with, like it was one of those big David Attenborough nature documentaries. And when they bring the footage back, Hans Zimmer actually does the music for the documentary they were doing. So they'll just pull a Hans Zimmer track off and shove it over the top when they show it to the producers. And it, does, it just makes our footage right. look like 40 times. Bad than it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that, that, I mean, that happens on the stage too when, like, we're, we're working with really temp visual effects, but the sound design has already kind of materialized, you know, because it tends to happen a little bit more quickly. And, like, it, you know, if it's a still frame and once the sound design gets into a place and the showrunner has heard the sound and is happy with the sound, he'll make a note and be like, talk to the post production producer. And he's like, I'm actually really happy with the way this is sounding. Maybe we shorten the visual effects to match, you know what I mean? Yeah. The time timing of the visual effect that maybe they will shorten it to make it easier to make it you know play more in time with what's happening in the scene you know what I mean so it kind of helps make people once they can hear what the sound is and see the scene yeah it kind of just helps them make decisions I guess you could say
0: yeah yeah what would you say has been your most interesting experience while working either on the boys or or one of your other shows you
1: know on the on the boys I really like going to ADR and working with the actors. It's pretty amazing because we have such an international cast. You get so used to, especially on season one of this show, you get so used to seeing them in their character. And then you go to the ADR stage and they show up and they're speaking their (laughs) with their real voice and, you know, not with the fake accent that they're using. Like Carl is from New Zealand, but he plays a British guy. Frenchie Frenchie is from Israel and he's playing a French guy. Dominique is, is from Ireland and she's you know, playing Americans. So like, it's just seeing that, seeing their process. I've been doing sound for a while. So the sound stuff to me is, is really interesting. But seeing their process and, and getting to experience that firsthand on this show was, was really special and just really cool. I mean, it's it's so amazing the way they can change their whole demeanor. You know, I know I know that actors do that constantly, but to see it happen in real life is, is really special.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are there any that are, are better at the ADR than any of the others? I don't know whether you're allowed to say that i'm not, not going there
1: man. <laughs> <I'm> not go- <sighs> i will say that carl is an extreme professional i mean like i said everyone is really good on 80 AD- with adr on the show but carl is a perfectionist and he loves nailing his performance and just really dialing it in you know sometimes i'm typically pushing actors for more takes just to give me options to play for producers you know what i mean and sometimes they're ready to move on and i'm trying to get them to do more but with carl he's like you know he's always game to try something new and maybe he doesn't like it or whatever but he's he's always you know up for trying and so he's awesome on the adr stage
0: yeah i always think the weirdest thing recording when you're doing adr for that sort of stuff must be when they're the fight sequences and they're having to do the kind of ooh ah (laughs) that kind of stuff
1: yeah some people really think that that's a lot of fun and other actors think that it's ridiculous
0: (laughs) yeah yeah must get wearing after like you know the 50th time you've had to do it
1: (laughs) yeah and not only the fights but like the breaths yeah and things like crying and stuff like that or laughing is actually really hard to recreate so yeah sometimes that stuff can be tedious but you know it really actually helps in the in the final product
0: yeah the other thing that i always find fascinating about this sort of stuff is the foley as well because it's the, the things that they manage to find to make noises out of stuff that sounds right but is probably something massively inappropriate for what <laughs> what they're actually recording
1: most definitely yeah our foley team was awesome now fully team was sovereign sound who are in north hollywood here in la and those guys james howe he's awesome they give us great stuff and especially on a show like the boys with all the gore you know what i mean obviously we cut a lot of stuff from sound effects libraries but sometimes with gory stuff the foley just to get it to sync properly and get it to time out properly or to match and just as another layer it's so important with all the blood and gut stuff and then they did a great job
0: yeah it's a fabulous show and i really really looking forward to the second season coming. Have you completely finished, done on that? It's all in the can
1: We did, yeah. We had a a small hiccup for the pandemic. Um, So we kind of got put in a little mini pause. We were right in the middle of finishing the sound process. I think we had pretty much finished the first five episodes, but the last three we had full on, had not mixed yet. So we went on a mini pause and then we finished it, I think mid-June, we totally finished off. So um, yeah, I think you're going to be happy with season two though. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It they, right where it left off. It's so good. I know Amazon are running
0: it out with a, an after show as well now because they're running it out weekly rather than dumping it all as a box set. So there's a, an after show going along with it as well, which I'm very much looking forward to. So you get to dissect the entire thing afterwards, which...
1: I haven't heard about that. What is that? You mean after show like with... Are the actors involved or... I, I don't know who's involved
0: exactly. Uh, I, I think it probably is. Yeah, they're, they're planning to get some of the actors and probably eric on and some of the others as well so you never know you might get a call for that but uh yeah it's called prime rewind inside the boys and it's an after show because what they're going to do is they're dropping the first three episodes in one go and then they're dropping them weekly so the, the reason that eric gave was because they're so nuts this season they wanted to give some breathing space for people in between but it does mean that we get an after show as well which i'm very much looking forward to so that should be good fun yeah
1: that's awesome
0: so you you never know you might get a call to talk about the sound on that as well
1: <laughs> maybe who knows we'll see
0: well i'm gonna let you go in a sec there's a couple of final questions the first question is given that you're on lockdown and at home at the moment what tv shows have you been watching at the moment to be
1: honest at the, at the moment i'm re-watching sopranos because that's my favorite television well, show. <laughs>
0: there's no need uh, to excuse it. yourself for that that's perfectly fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm rewatching watching The Sopranos. Um, let's see, of shows that are running currently, I feel like Succession is my favorite show. Um, There's a lot
0: of love for that. It's
1: so good. I mean, yeah. the writing on Succession and the acting is just so amazing. I'm also watching Kingdom right now, which just got released on Netflix, oh, um, yeah? which is like a sh- Yeah, I really I really like that show. It's kind of dark as well and uh, has you know works with the UFC, which I, I'm a fan of the UFC. So I think that show is really cool too.
0: Yeah, good picks, definitely. And there's never need to give a reason for re-watching The Sopranos. It's such a good show. Totally. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, can be something from the past, something present, or some future genre. It can't be one you've worked on. Which
1: show would it be? One of my favorite seasons of television ever was the first season of True Detective. Yeah, I love that story, and I think that it's such an amazing season of television. Um, I didn't like the second season quite as much, but the yeah. first season was so amazing. So, like that story is so bananas. It's so crazy. I would have loved to have been involved in the creative process on that season of that show.
0: Awesome. Yes, that's a good pick. So, in terms of other stuff coming up, you're back on. Fairly soon, and then the boys, whenever they manage to get back to that, I guess. Anything else that you could talk about that
1: coming up? No, I'm, I'm starting, uh, yeah, season four SWAT coming up, and then hopefully, right when SWAT's ending, I'll be jumping on the boys. You know, that'll pretty keep me pretty busy for the rest of the year, or you know, going into 2021. Also, I'm, I mean so um yeah
0: that's it awesome well good luck with the Emmys I love the series and uh, I'm very very much looking forward to the second season coming out I will most definitely be watching it uh it's a it's a tricky category there's some <laughs> the great shows in there as well unfortunately but
1: yeah, uh, tough competition
0: you wouldn't want it to be easy would you so you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, um,
0: <laughs> yeah I
1: mean I would but, an easy Emmy
0: yeah I guess that would be nice as well good luck with it it's a fabulous series and uh, I look forward to watching the rest of it later this year hopefully get to talk to you again soon
1: okay cool awesome thanks so much I appreciate it and it was nice talking to you cheers bye see ya